All right. Welcome back. I don't know. Let me make sure my mic turned on. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Ballaholics Podcast. And if you can tell by my voice, I'm feeling very nice. I'm feeling uh, very excited to record a podcast. I haven't recorded a podcast in so long. And it just feels so good to sit here and actually be able to record a podcast for you guys. And I noticed that now I can't keep like a certain schedule. So whenever I can get out of an episode, hope you guys listen. Hope you guys tune in. So, but, but you already know the intro. It's your host with the most, Josepher Williams, a.k.a. Good Job Jojo, a.k.a. Jojo, a.k.a. Good Job Joe Shiesty on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want to, uh, you know, whatever you want to call me, that's what you call me, and I'm your host. And by the, by the name that you just heard, a.k.a. Good Job Joe Shiesty, we got a lot of things that happened while I was gone. Them Cincinnati boys, them boys, they have pulled out the unbelievable. First, they beat the Titans. First, they actually beat the Raiders. Beat the Titans, who were the number one seed. Then, then going to Kansas City, Kansas City, and beat Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and the Kansas City defense. Boy, them shiesty. That boy, Joe Shiesty. He ain't really did that much, but he, he the quarterback. Quarterbacks get all the, get all the uh, attention, all the hype, all the fame, everything. So, but that boy, Joe Shiesty. Them boy, Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, one of my favorite receivers from Clemson. And that Cincinnati defense has been holding down. So as you can see, I'm very excited for them for them Cincinnati boys to pull up in SoFi and have that thing lit and hopefully take home the Super Bowl. Now, usually I would go with the better team, but in this in this Super Bowl, you really can't hate either team. You can hate the Rams, I guess, if you want to say they're stacking players, but you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, the quarterback situation between Matthew Stafford and Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, you can't really hate that competition. Like, those are the two most liked quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford has had to deal with the wasteland of Detroit and the Detroit Lions and that wasteland of an organization for, what, nine, ten years or whatever it was. And now he's actually getting his chance, his his first first year in, New, in, uh, in L.A., Gets his chance at the Super Bowl with that stacked defense. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Darius Williams, and all those, all those guys over there. Then they got Eric Weddle out, out of retirement, Von Miller. You know, they got a, they got a star-studded cast to go along with the uh, with the star-studded offense, uh, de- well, defensive-wise. So, for Matthew Stafford to actually have a defense and an offense, now you can actually see what he can actually do in a on a good team. But... For me personally, the reason I'm going to go with them Cincinnati boys is not only because they're the underdog, but because of one reason and one reason only. I've had Matthew Stafford as my fantasy quarterback this whole season, and his turnover ratio is starting to get kind of suspicious. You know, he kind of throws kind of careless passes for somebody that's uh, established in the league and established quarterback that's been in the league for however many years and 
uh, his t- he could make a costly turnover that uh, affects that changes the whole uh, way the game looks. Like even in the San Francisco game in the uh, champion in the NFC Championship, he threw it. He threw a pass that should have been intercepted, but Tart couldn't catch it, and that would have changed the whole momentum of the game. But you know, things happen. God ha- God gives luck to some people, and God gives luck- takes that luck away from some people. But like I said, Matthew Stafford throws some questionable passes for somebody that's been in the league for however many years. So I think if he gets two interceptions thrown, I think the Rams might actually end up losing that uh, the Super Bowl again. And they just have to hope Matthew Stafford plays like the most incredible game because in situations like this, when you're playing at the biggest stage, and then you're playing a home game basically, but usually even LA games are not ever home games because more fans are it, the other team's fans are more in attendance than actual Rams or Chargers fans, period. So it's crazy. And the one thing I've seen, uh, I worked the uh, Cincinnati versus Alabama game in when it came to Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys stadium. And one thing I will tell you, tell y'all right now is Cincinnati fans, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan or you live in Cincinnati or Anything Cincinnati, they are going to come out and they are going to show out. I there there was more Cincinnati fans than there was Alabama fans in the Cowboys Stadium, and that's this is in Dallas. This is not even a super. That wasn't even a Super Bowl. So just imagine how many Cincinnati Bengals fans are, how many gold, I gold, excuse me, how many orange, black, and white jerseys you're gonna see in the stadium at SoFi. Man, it's gonna be looking like almost kind of. You might see more. Orange and black, like in the uh, Cowboys game, because Cowboys in San Francisco, that was about 50-50. You might see a maybe a 80-20-ish or 70-30 kind of thing, because I, I think Cincinnati's going to turn that into their home game and not give uh, L.A. Their, uh, their fan base a chance to take over the game and give them a home game. So I think I think Cincinnati's going to turn that into a home game, which, all, which is another reason why I think that Cincinnati is going to win the Super Bowl. So I have Cincinnati in winning the Super Bowl, but if I was playing an over-under, I would say Rams under. Is that how it works? I'm not sure about gambling. But I have the Rams losing by no less than six points. So I guess that would be the under, six points. So... Hopefully Joe Shiesty, uh Joe Burrow. I need to stop calling him Joe Shiesty, but that's the that's the cleanest nickname somebody has in the NFL right now. But Joe Burrow, I think he gets the job done. I think Cincinnati gets the job done, and it's crazy because their offensive line is atrocious. But they've been holding up for these la- these playoff games, and now here, look at here, they are in the play- in the uh, Super Bowl. So hopefully the offensive line can hold up one just one more important game here. And they get the job done and help, and then Joe Burrow gets his gets a Super Bowl in his second year. That's gonna be unbelievable. Jamar Chase will get a Super Bowl in his first year. T. Higgins, I think, second year. There's a lot of incredible uh, young players on that team that are you know at a chance to get a uh, Super Bowl. And one person I also want to see get a Super Bowl is one of my favorite fantasy running backs, and Joe Mixon. So I really hope he gets a Super Bowl as well because he he goes out there and does his thing. Uh, OU product. I've been a, sort of a fan of OU just because they had the players that I liked uh, over the last couple of years. But now the Lincoln Riley's gone, and 
He's coming to USC. You know what time it is. I'm I'm back. Yes, I'm gonna look like a bandwagon, but I was a I'm a closet USC fan because they're they're not ever that good to be ecstatic about every year. Like if they were like Alabama level, I would have no problem celebrating them every single year. But I'm back in my USC stuff. I'm finna gear up for the season when it, when the time comes. Get all my uh, vintage USC hoodies and all that type of stuff. So I'm I'm back. So speaking of that. USC is going to be one of the best teams in college football on the Pac-12 side, I think, this year. With all the talent that Lincoln Riley has been able to steal from Oklahoma and then bring other recruits into USC, I think they're going to get back to that, that swagger that they've been so desperately looking for. Now that Caleb Williams is there, he's going to be like the first black starting quarterback in like ages. I think he might be the first one actually. I don't I think I saw it was either like the first or the second one. Uh the second uh African American quarterback at USC, starting quarterback at USC, which is like wow, that's incredible. So now that he's got his he's got his quarterback back, then He's getting all the recruits from Oklahoma that's signing there. Then he's bringing in more recruits to, uh, and transfers into USC. USC is going to be one of those teams to watch out for. So I'm ready to be a fan, ready to be back, ready to be watching every every game, every Saturday, Saturday night or Saturday morning, whatever it is. So as you know, I am a USC fan. I'm staying here on record for you guys. So we're going to fight on. Now, let's get into some... NBA news here. Uh, where do I want to start? Do I want to start with the Brooklyn Nets and that tragedy of a situation that's over there with one of my favorite players, James Harden? Or do I want to start with the Karis Let's start with the Karis LeVert trade. So Karis LeVert gets traded from the Indiana Pacers to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Ricky Rubio and a first-round pick, I believe it was, and I'm just going to say, say it on record right here, right now. Cleveland has got themselves a very, 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 very good playoff team. Now, I'm not saying they're Eastern Conference Finals type of team or whatever, but they are a good four, I think, maybe yeah, maybe four seed. I could see them being a very, very good four seed. They're going to give a lot of people a lot of trouble. And I think the first, let's see, if they play four or play the five, yeah, if they play Philadelphia, they could end up getting out the first round. That that would be a very good uh, playoff matchup for both of those teams because Cleveland finally get back into the playoffs. Darius Garland's been going incredible, Evan Mobley's incredible, Lori Markin is incredible, Kevin Love is, I don't know where he's coming from, but he's he's back, sort of, and now you add Karis LeVert, who's just a certified bucket getter, you don't need him to do much, you just need him to kind of ball handle it, be a ball handler, not, not mess up anything Darius Garland is doing, you want to rely more on Darius Garland than anybody, and then, you know, Jared Allen is coming out of his shell, he's doing what the Brooklyn Nets need somebody to do why they traded Jared Allen I thought that was a a bad mistake from the beginning anyways I thought 
when that trade happened, when they traded Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and that same trade to get James Harden, I thought Jared Allen was going to be the, the number one thing that they're missing because they don't, they're not a defensive team. Then uh, Karis LeVert would be at, right after that. In the, uh, so Jared Allen would have been the worst thing to get rid of and then Karis LeVert right after him. But now you add Karis LeVert to that yeah, Karis LeVert to the team, and then you have Jared Allen, who's already playing at a phenomenal standpoint, and he's already shoot already an All Star to me, in my opinion. I think he is an All Star. I think he might be an All Star this year. I can't remember who got picked in the All Stars, but if you look at this team, I'm just gonna go down the the list of points per game. So, Darius Garland is averaging 20. Jared Allen, Jared Allen is averaging 16. Evan Mobley is averaging 14 or 15. Kevin Love is averaging 15. Lori Markin is averaging 13. Now you're going to add Karis Avert, who's adding who's adding another 15, 20 points on top of that. That team is going to be very, very well balanced. And the way that they're playing their basketball is a very team-oriented basketball to where they're able to distribute and make sure that everybody gets their shots up and everybody gets some type of play on the court. And nobody's really selfish. So with Karis Avert coming into that environment, it's gonna be it's gonna be very good for him, and he's not gonna to have to do that much, especially like he does in Indiana, where he's more of a ball, uh, more ball handler and scorer. You don't need him to score twenty every night because you have other people that's gonna score twenty, uh, fifteen, twenty, and then you're gonna have shoot at that point you'll have a hundred points by then with everybody scoring fifteen, twenty, and distributing the ball and getting a uh, a good amount of assists on the team. So I really do like Cleveland coming out of the East. As a top as a top competitor for some of these teams, and I'm just ready to see what they do in the playoffs when it comes. So that'll be one series I'll be watching wherever Cleveland is at in the standings. I'll be watching that playoff uh, playoff games. Now on to the Brooklyn Nets. Now Brooklyn was probably my favorite going into the season. Well, not actually. I guess once I found out Kyrie wasn't getting vaccinated, I kind of dwindled that down to he's not going. They're not going to be a championship contender anymore. But now that Kyrie is back and James Harden is trying whatever he can desperately when while Katie's out, I don't see Brooklyn even getting out. They might get out the first round. They might not. I don't. I don't know. I think Brooklyn is going to be just like almost like the Lakers in their situation because with Kyrie not being able to play any home games, it's kind of pointless. I, I still don't understand why they they even bring him back for away games because they're on the eight-game losing streak. Steve Nash actually has to coach. He can't rely on KD, and I've always said the two, the two coaches I don't think are actual good coaches are Steve Kerr and Steve Nash. Those are the only two coaches I don't think are actually good coaches because they have such good players around them. Well, Luke Walton has well. Uh, but Luke Walton's not a coach anymore, so it don't matter. But Steve Nash and Steve Kerr have always, they've had star-studded offenses around them. And then once you see KD leave, Clay get hurt, and then Curry get hurt, you saw where the Warriors were at at that point. Now, he's kind of Steve Kerr is kind of getting more into a coaching situation now that Curry is kind of back, 
and Clay is kind of back as well. So he's kind of doing what he can. And they're, they're one of the top teams in the West. But now you see what Steve Nash has to deal with day in and day out because he can't figure out how to win games when Kyrie's playing here. He's playing, not playing there. He'll go this game. He won't go this game. Then James Harden, you can't. He doesn't have the ability to coach James Harden like Mike D'Antoni did in Houston where James Harden is running the offense and being effective. And that seven seconds, seven seconds and less offense that Mike D'Antoni runs. Uh, so I don't think Steve Nash has the the coaching ability to coach James Harden in a sense. And that's why I think at the trade deadline, I think I think we'll, we we will see that James Harden for Ben Simmons trade. I think Ben Simmons will be easier to coach because he doesn't have to do too much. He just has to handle the ball and play defense because he can't shoot. He can't he can't really score efficiently. He's gonna get twenty, of course. Like I like I've always been saying, he's gonna get twenty because he's he's the biggest player on the court. He's the biggest and fastest on the court. When you go against centers, he's the fastest. When you go against point guards, he's the biggest. So. Either way, he has a he has a mismatch against a lot of uh, teams' players, so he's gonna get an easy twenty if he goes to the paint and drives all day. But him outside of that, if you play a zone type of defense where you collapse him, he's not gonna be effective at all. So, and I think a lot of teams have figured that out anyways because even uh, last year when he was playing, I remember watching the Lakers game. We just collapsed the paint and just force him to pass the ball to somebody that would could possibly shoot the ball. So a lot of teams are gonna do that anyways on Ben Simmons. So his twenty might dwindle down to maybe sixteen, seventeen points in that offense. Because we don't we don't ever seen him in a seven seconds less offense here now that he's in uh that is gonna be in Brooklyn because that's what kind of uh offense Steve Nash runs. He's not he's he just uses the same playbook that Mike D'Antoni uses except it's not as efficient as Mike D'Antoni's playbook because he doesn't have as many three-point shooters as Mike D'Antoni had. But I hate to see Brooklyn be like this. And, you know, one thing I did say was James Harden will never win a championship. And I think it's going to come true because he goes to Philadelphia. Yes, I said they're going to be one of the most, one of the deadlier teams with Joel and B coming out of the, uh, coming out and merging as an MVP candidate, but just because you're the MVP doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a NBA championship or finals MVP. Now, my two teams that I do have coming out of the East are going to be Miami and Milwaukee. I think those are the two best teams, and I've always, I've been saying since the start of the season, ever since Miami started making their offseason moves, that they're going to be the contender out of the East this year. And now that Tyler Hero's coming out of his show as well, he's, he's getting back to uh, hooping, hooping compared to what he was in the bubble when he played, well, in the finals in the bubble, not the whole entire bubble. But the finals bubble, Tyler Hero was not like that. And now he is like that. He is that. He's he's like that. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know if it's the Jack Harlow song or what it was that made him like that, but he's like that right now. And... It's just sad to see, like, you know, I don't know what what's going to happen when Kevin Durant comes back or if they're going to be good, whatever the case may be. But like I said, they're going to be in a situation with 
like the Lakers, if they trade James Harden, man, Kevin Durant's going to be by himself in that LeBron type of role, but I don't think he can lead a team like LeBron can to be in the f- number one team in the East and then going to the finals every single year for, what, seven, eight straight years. I don't see Kevin Durant doing that. So it's just going to be hard on the Brooklyn Nets because now I don't know if they're going to re-sign Kyrie, which I, I personally wouldn't re-sign Kyrie. I don't know. But Kevin Durant's going to be stuck there for a long time. James Harden has, even if he doesn't uh, get traded, he has a, the uh, option to opt out of his contract and test a free agency, which he already said he would. If he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't get traded, then Kyrie can opt out of his contract. Pretty much everybody can opt out of their contract on this team except for Kevin Durant. He's signed in until, I think, 2026. So Kevin Durant is the only person that cannot opt out of his contract at the end of the season, which is like... I don't know what more you can do. So Kevin Durant's gonna be in that LeBron role, and like I said, he's not—he's not going to be as good as LeBron when he had nobody on his team and going to the finals every year. So that's just my opinions on the Brooklyn Nets. That's my opinions on uh, who else did I have to speak about? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Sorry, yeah. So those are my two opinions. That's all for the NBA news. And now let's get into something that has been been a recent like trend for whatever reason i don't know why this is a trend but you know this isn't a relationship podcast this isn't a getting women's business podcast this isn't a anything like that no red blue blue red pill blue pill whatever you want to call it that type of podcast but since i've seen it so much and it's just the the worst of the worst when it comes to anything like entertaining. I just felt like I should speak on it. And because their name is Fresh and Fit, that means being fit. That's athletic, sports-wise. So I'm going to take advantage of this and talk about saying those two guys of Fresh and Fit. I guess Fresh is the darker-skinned one and then Fit is the the lighter skinned one. Uh but let's let's just talk about it. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a relationship expert because I'm not. I give a lot of relationship advice to my friends, but that's just personal friends. But I am not a relationship expert, but hopefully if you hear this, this might be some good information for yourself. It might be. It might help you. I don't know. But I'm not claiming to be a relationship expert, but let's talk about it. So, Fresh and Fit, for those who don't know, are a are two people on YouTube that basically have a podcast where they bring women on every single week, pretty much, and just bash them and kick them out of their show. That's basically the premise of their show of their show. Now these now fresh and fit claim to be quote unquote alpha males. Quote unquote alpha males. Now anybody that's an alpha male doesn't go around saying I'm an alpha male. 
it's kind of I'm in a fraternity. I'm in Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. As a Kappa man, you just know somebody's a Kappa man. You don't go around saying I'm a Kappa man to everybody. If you know you if somebody knows you're a Kappa man, they will know you're a Kappa man. If somebody knows you're an Alpha male, they'll know you're an Alpha male. Trust me. You don't have to go around saying you're an Alpha male. Now, the thing about Fresh and Fit is that while they do have some content that is very helpful to some people, such as money advice or I've never seen them like post anything that has to do about being fit, but but you know they do have some stuff that is on there that is somewhat productive other than kicking out these so quote unquote bimbos as they say in their videos. It's just like men that are in women's business, I will never understand. Like, why are we worried about what a woman's doing with her body and her and her private areas and what she wants to do outside of her life and what's in her so what she's doing with her social life? It's just I don't understand. And this goes back to my being the king of minding my own business because I really mind my own business. I just don't understand why people want to be in other people's business, especially women's business, because it's like, if you want to know about women or you want to talk about women, at least be somewhat logical to what they go through or at least be somewhat uh, adept to knowing that what you're saying is not correct. They go in here blasting women, talking about black women especially. Uh, no dark night, I don't want the color of the night, blah, blah, blah. Any Anything you could think of towards black women, which is like, both of y'all are black. So if you're bashing the women that come on your show that are black, well, what is your mom saying? What is this? What is that? Like... I know you're not only dating, well, I, they say they only date white women, which is, there's no problem with that, like, but don't go on your podcast just bashing a whole race of women, especially a woman that created you, their color, their skin, and, you know, just stuff like that. Don't, don't do that, because it just looks foolish on your behalf, and that's why they're getting a lot of controversies here now, because they look stupid. And then my other thing is, I don't understand why the women that come on there go on there. You know, it goes back to Americans wanting the 15 minutes of fame type of thing and wanting to be seen by somebody no matter what happens. And Fresh and Fit are literally the two people that claim they got women and claim they got a lot of game and that claim they get a lot of play outside of like before they even had a podcast and got famous but to me neither one of those dudes really look like they got any type of women in high school like they might have been had one two girlfriends but they don't I don't think they had the women that they claim they have and now that they had this platform, they may have been... So, in high school, I think Fresh and Fit were the two guys that didn't get any women. 
maybe one or two, like I just said, and then those women ended up breaking their hearts or whatever the case may be, excuse me, they might have uh, got cheated on, whatever, it, life life happens, a lot of things happen in relationships. So now that this, now that something eventful or impactful happened in their life to where they're like, oh, I'm going to say this about women, I hate women or whatever it is. They are using their platform now to bash any woman that comes on there because now that they have this so-called platform with, let me see how many followers they have. Fresh and Fit has over 576K followers. So now that they have over almost half a million, uh, over half a million uh, followers, they can just come, they can just have any woman anywhere just come on their platform and then they can say whatever they feel like they want to say about them because they have, now they have this platform and now they're using it just to bash women. And that's kind of how I feel about it and it's kind of like complete BS to me. So I don't call them fresh and fit anymore. I call them bull. So, you know, fresh and fit equals bullshit. So that's what my thoughts about it are and that's how I feel about fresh and fit. And I hope nobody really watches this like constantly because I'm pretty sure it's only 13, 14 year olds, like teenagers that are like, oh, let's see what woman they kicked out this time. Like no grown adult is sitting here watching this. Like no grown adult sits there and watches Kevin Samuels. I I'm sorry. Nobody sits there and watches Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels and these alpha male type of people are for teenagers that like to see other people talk about women basically like they they get a laugh out of uh they get a laugh out of these quote-unquote alpha males roasting women or bashing women and with kevin samuels sometimes some of the stuff is funny because he just says some outlandish things i've even got a laugh out of one something he said which was i thought it was hilarious but it was it wasn't right at the same time and i'm not saying that it was right but these guys can make you laugh at some point, but at the end of the day, if you're just sitting there, that's all your content is, and you just have a podcast where you just bring women on, don't have nothing productive to say or nothing encouraging to say about them, it's kind of like, what are we doing? But this is going to be my only time talking about fresh and fit. I'm not going to ever talk about any type of relationship advice ever again, because I'm not in a relationship girl, and this is not a relationship podcast, but... But just their name, Fresh and Fit, Being Fit, is what their their agenda is. So I just kind of took the, uh, I just kind of took the easy route, the easy route to get in, into that conversation to bring it onto the podcast. So, you know, hate me if you want to, I don't care. So I just want to talk about that because I thought it was stupid and it's been been on my mind for like weeks now. So, just want to talk about it. But that is the end of another episode of the Ballaholics podcast. I'm your host with the most, Joshua Williams, a.k.a. Good Job Jojo, a.k.a. Good Job Joe Shiesty. Now, we will be back with another episode here soon. Just give me time because I'm back in school again, another semester. So, just, you know, I get, try to put these podcasts out whenever I can. So, uh, just be on the lookout. Be tuned in. Listen to the, listen to the other episodes and catch up on the other episodes. I thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I always say that. I love you guys. You guys are mine. No matter how many people listen, one, two, 
or 10, 15, however many people listen, I'm still going to say I love you guys because I'm here, I want to make sure that you guys know that you are what drives me to keep doing this podcast and I wouldn't be here without you guys and knowing that I have somebody that listens, it makes me know I can keep going with my own podcast and you know, even if it gets one, one, two listens every week, it means somebody's out there listening. So I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Ballaholics podcast. Make sure to subscri- like, subscribe, and comment. You can get the Ballaholics podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. And that is it for another episode of the Ballaholics podcast. I am out.